Brandon Steiner, and this is Unplugged with Brandon Steiner. We have Connor Blakely here, who is really a youth. His story is amazing. We're going to talk about it. And also, listen, you know I'm a pretty good marketer. At least a lot of you. I hope you think I'm a good Beast. marketer. But I got to tell you, man, you got my attention. I saw Thank I met you. Connor in Arizona at the McKay Roundtable. And he started piling on a lot of things that I hadn't really thought about. So I think I had just had to share it in the what else in the what else pod. Welcome. How yeah. you doing? Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. It's good to see you. Well, first of all, I'm going to tell you, I got to give you some, some shit right away huh. is you dropped out of high school. You got some balls, man. I mean, you, 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 yeah. you, 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 but you got what made you do that and why? So. I heard this quote when I was juggling it, right? I, I heard this quote from Ryan Holiday in a video, and it was, the new ability to measure success is the amount of risks and adventures that you take at a very young age. That wasn't that might not be the exact quote, but it was something very close to that. And I was like, yeah, that, that, that's interesting. So, I, And then it's like- Are you, you reading wanna, a lot of Ryan Holiday, by oh, the way? Oh, Can't yes. read enough of Ryan Holiday. Yeah, oh, God. Ego is the Enemy really changed my life, and I tell everyone to pick up that book. And I mean, I'm even reading the Stoic Meditations, like all in on on all of that kind of stuff, right? Um, it, it's like you want to be in uplifting situations. You want to you want to surround yourself with people who think differently than you, but are go- that you want to be like and make you a better person and really uplift you. All school, the same wasn't time. Bring, school wasn't bringing you that satisfaction? Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> no, no. Shocking, right? But um, I, I wasn't getting that. And I mean, I'm continually when I was traveling, I felt like I was at home because like, I was around people who were like me. Not necessarily that they had to think the same way I do, believe in the same things, but they were like me, and that made me feel at home, and I, and I didn't have that ability. So for a long time, I was super depressed and sad about it. Um, and, and it was like me going to school is like trying to fit a circular peg in, in, into a square, smaller peg. It, just, it did not work. How? So it was watching paint dry. You were sitting there just waiting for the clock, or? Oh no, I was working. We were we were a one to one school. Um, so we we were we had the ability to have our computers all day. So a lot of the beef that I had with my teachers was kind of you're not focused in class, you're going on the computer, you're not paying attention and stuff like that. Um, so that was extremely difficult to get any work done as well. But so you leave school and and you had a, you have a game plan here. I mean, because yeah, you've been, oh, of you've course, been pretty well. You know, for seventeen, you've been already around a bit now, and and actually some of your thoughts and vision is out there. Yeah, of course. I mean, so I started my first company when I was fourteen. Like legit companies. So we would manage small to medium sized businesses, uh, social media, not strategy, just execution. So community management stuff, scheduling, liking, replying, stuff like that. But when I was 15 and a half, um, so almost two, two and a half years ago, me and my friends were outside playing basketball. We come back into the garage and everyone is scrolling through Twitter and my phone's dead as usual. So I have the opportunity to observe all of my friends as they're drinking water and going on their phone after such a long period of time. Scrolling through Twitter at such a rapid pace, I was like, shit, is this a generational problem or is this a social media problem? And around the same time, I still thought I was a millennial. So as I was doing more research, no one's talking about Generation Z. So I figured I could leverage data, cultural insights, my age, and marketing experience to really act as a liaison between my generation and brands. Because the youngest person talking about my generation at the time was like 35. I was like, what, what? Like, so I can old totally people are talking about young people. Yeah. And, and here's what's interesting too. So I talk a lot about the, the pie theory, which I think you heard about in, uh, when you heard me speak as well. It's like, if me and if there's a piece of pie in front of us and you really love apple pie and I really hate apple pie, 
based on our previous life experiences, we're looking at the same reality in front of us through different lenses. It's the same thing with data. If me and you are both looking at the same data about young people, I'm going to look at it a lot differently than you. If you look at it, it could get misinterpreted and misconstrued, where as if I look at it, I'm going to know exactly what it means because I'm living it every single day. Is there something that comes to mind uh, that, that jumps out at you, especially the way older people look at data and the way younger people look at data? Yeah, so right now, I would say three months ago, it was Snapchat. Snapchat, Snapchat, Snapchat. It's got how many daily active users. They're going to kill it. This is the future of social media. Where I was seeing a very slow bleed, bleed into Instagram stories. Um, the features they have, the engagement, the UI. Um, I, I've been saying it for about five months. I don't think Snapchat. I don't think Snapchat. And now it, everyone's coming out and it's like, oh, Snapchat's done. Snapchat's screwed. Well, data for a long time is the what. So here's what's happening. Now, it's, it isn't in the why business. So if I can look at data and say that's what it is, but here's why it's important and here's what it means then that's very powerful. You, if you think about it, like you, not a lot of times you can lose, use data to predict the future, leveraging the data at face value. Uh, I think it was Mark Cuban that said the most important job over the next 10 years is going to be a liberal arts degree. Why? Because really, yeah, yeah. I, I 95% sure that's what he said, because you're going to need people who are going to have to look at this data and know how to analyze it. And, and that's, re that's really, it's all about the interpretation of the data because data at face value it'll just tell you the what you need to know the why and well, how you, you talked about cool companies yes and you know that was what got my attention i, I had to pick my head yeah. up actually when you hit that note but <laughs> i'm like who are some of the cool companies and why what are they doing that makes them cool because we have a lot of people out there like they want their companies to be cool i want steiner to be cooler is yeah. steiner a cool company do you think i think steiner's a cool company and i can, I can not because i'm just sitting here no I mean, no see i would tell you if i thought you guys sucked i'm gonna be like straight up like i think i think you guys are doing a lot of really cool stuff through social media, and I mean, I looked at it before I came. You guys are definitely headed in the right direction, as opposed to a lot of companies who are messing up. Who's big time. Cool? what's cool? Tell me what's cool. Like what's and why? So the most recent notable example. We'll back up a little bit. What does it mean to be cool? Like that. That's All like right. that's like the most important thing. Cool. Being cool is a very simple yet complex thing. Being cool is something that everyone can taste, resonate with, really feel. They know what it looks like. But being cool also means. It, it, being cool is synonymous with being relevant, fun, engaging. So being cool is a pretty damn important thing. Um, the most recent part about a cool brand that I could talk about is I'm sure all of you, uh, if you're watching this, know about Wendy's. And I talked a lot about this. So you tell me Wendy's is yeah. a cool brand? As of late, yes. Six months ago, not really. They were just like your average. You just go there to go there. But this kid tweeted like how many retweets – to get nut free chicken nuggets for the rest of the year. And Wendy's replied 18 million. The entire Twitter community ra literally rallied around this kid named Carter to get, try to get him to 18 million retweets. Now I want to say it's a 3.5 million. It's the number one, most retweeted retweet of all time. So a retweeted that, tweet that, of all time. Did the kid get the 18 million? Or? No, it's the only 3.5. It's the most <laughs> retweeted tweet of all time. And it's crazy. And it's like applying these simple, cool, like things to a very simple marketing strategy. So yeah. Marketing is overanalyzed. You mentioned something about return on investment. That's not the way to go. Yeah. So I talk a lot about not return on investment, but return on interaction. So it's basically the belief that uh, you want to harbor a real human-like relationship as much as you can through digital, and you're not going to get there with measuring your KPIs and click-throughs and money and monetary 
type type stuff. You really need to. It's like, would you like if we just met and I walked through that door? Hey Steiner, um, I really, really, really want to meet Jeter. Um, can you introduce me? You'd be like, who the hell is this kid? I don't owe him shit. Like da 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 da. And you're a nice guy, so you might not say that's me, but like that's definitely what you're thinking in the back of your head. But if if me and you have been friends for years, like like we've brought each other value, we have that kind of relationship, we've seen each other a lot, and I go through and I'm like, hey man, my kid, he want he wants to meet Jeter. Like, is there any way we can work out, and make something happen? You're gonna be a lot more likely to do it. So, and that's all through interactions. So that's the only way that you're going to be able to build a relationship in the digital landscape. Um, but not it, just post. It's almost like a bad version of email now. I see on social media a lot where you're just posting information about a new product yeah, or it's sale. Like, and it's like, especially if you're a company, no one really cares what you're saying to begin with. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, because they all know. Like we've lived in a world, at least my generation has, um, where where we we have so much access to information and technology so we're we're smart we're technically as smart as our parents because any information we need is at the click of a button so we know what company's main goals are we're like we know like you guys have to make money to survive i don't really think that you need to like get that point across any more than you already have so then it's just all all it is is about relationship building if someone wants to buy your shit then they know how to do it I don't really think that you have to guide them along that process. I just think you need to get it in front of them in unique, value-driven ways. And create some fun to do it. Exactly. exactly. Have some fun doing it. Make people feel cool. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I don't know the exact quote again by Maya Angelou, but it's people won't remember what they say. They won't remember what you did, but they'll remember how you made them yeah. feel. That's so. true. Is it overrated? I asked Gary V this question about yeah. millennials. I'll ask you about the same thing about, you know, Generation Z. And, and it... Is it overrated? Like, are you guys lazy and spoiled and <laughs> yeah, and, and, and entitled? I mean, because that's what every adult's feeling. Like, we, I don't know what we're going to do with these millennials. What do we do with Generation Z? They're not motivated. I think gen- Generation Z is radically different from millennials. Radically different. And, I, like, when I was first starting out, the reason that I was so – because I, th- I thought I was a millennial at the time when I was first starting out. So I was like, oh, this is bullshit. There's so many millennial marketers. Everyone's an expert here. But no one was talking about Generation Z. So I was getting into it. I already had this preconceived notion that generational marketing was BS. But then I really started to learn and become a student. And that's why I really love what I do because what we are radically so, different. How? How? So what makes you so different? Here, here's what I'm an expert in. You don't mind me asking. Here, here's, yeah, <laughs> I think here's what I am an expert in. Marketing, branding, storytelling, cultural insights, interpreting data. That's what I know very, very well. But where – Generation Z is radically different in those aspects, but what you mentioned was the entitled part, the workplace part. Highly recommend everyone go check out my good friend Jonah Stillman, who's 17. His book is called Gen Z at Work. If you really want to learn how radically different we are from the work, like being motivational, how like that kind of stuff, radically different. I know, like I was telling you this earlier, it's 77% of Gen Z where I would rather have a face-to-face conversation than through the phone. Like the phone has that become... That would probably surprise most adults. Oh my gosh. we think all Gen Z want to do is get on the phone. And that's the biggest preconceived notion that I get all the time is, Connor, my kid is so into their phone. Like, how do I get them off of it? I'm like, no, 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 no. Like 10 years ago, you, 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 your other kids, or if you have older kids, or even you were glued to the TV. It's just, it's just a change. And the phone is so integrated into our lives. It's... It's almost, it's a part of who we are now. It's literally a part of who we are. Sephora is the fastest growing company for women under the age of 25. 
Why is that? It's because girls, when they take a selfie, they spend 10 minutes editing it. They have to look right. Their makeup has to look good. And if they post it, and if they don't get enough likes in the first five minutes, they end up deleting it. And their self-esteem goes from here when they first took it to here. So now it's like, oh shit, how's the phone integrated into how we look at ourselves and how we're operating in our day-to-day lives? Now that's where things really start to get interesting. So the crossroads of how we look at ourselves and how we're behaving in a day-to-day landscape versus how the phone is integrated. That's what I, that's really what I'm trying to dive into and study um, now. And I don't have all the information on it yet, but yeah. when I do, I'd love to share it because it's fascinating. You're yeah. age already that you're interacting with some of the big companies in this country uh, and helping them. How to, and because it is it, because you're probably right. There's a lot of yeah. older people running these companies and it's been a while since I've been <laughs> 17. Yeah. In fact, 40 long years. I've been 17. <laughs> and it's true. You need to hear. I always talk about you need to keep in touch yeah. with the customer and the people you're trying to get a hold of and not just have a conversation. But you need to get in their space or have them around you. True. It, oh, 100% true. And that's something that I hear frequently. And then the other thing is it's not even like I, I keep saying gener- generational marketing is BS, but here's the truth to it. It's you can't put the generations in a box. You got Gen Z, America's youngest generation. You got millennials gen x baby boomers so on so on but really what's powerful about it is taking the cultural insights that you'll get from each one of those generations to create a youthful brand that breeds coolness which is what we talked about before because being youthful along with being cool is something that everyone can resonate with there's a lot of powerful moments in today's youth i I don't have a phd i don't know i'm not an expert in neuroscience but i've interviewed a lot of them and basically what they've told me is from ages 8 to 13, your brain forms a lot of uh, extra neurons and neuron receptors from 8 to 13. And that's really when a lot of your subconscious thinking and habit forming is really really integrated into your life. Now, your brain, this, I'm going to get scientific for a second, but your brain over-indexes on these neurons and receptors during that adolescence period. Now, the way that they're shaved off is through experiences and stress. So if you're capturing people at 8 to 13, you have them or you have their subconscious thinking for long periods of time. So it's important to get to them. Yes. And then it's again, it's important to get to them, but how are their traits and influence bleeding through the marketplace as well? Because generation Z, like, like I, I, I see this every day. It's like, I think that 44 billion is what everyone's saying is our buying power. I fuck triple that. I think I honestly think that's what it is because you need to triple that buying power for segments that we're interested in. Because my friends would rather buy a $100 concert ticket than an $8 cheeseburger, depending on the day and depending on what they want. And they all work at Dairy Queen. And, and they all work at Dairy Queen. So it's like they don't have a lot of money, but how they're deploying the money that they have and saving it up for things that they want to do, which is experiences 80% of the time. My friends aren't saving up for a pair of Jordans anymore. That's changed. That's changed. That's- is, is there a common mistake? You know, what, what's your message to older people that are trying to evaluate younger people as you go around the country and you talk to people that, that are running these companies? Yeah. What's the most common mistake or misunderstanding that a lot of these companies have? The biggest mistake they're making is assuming we're millennials. No one's talking about Generation Z, and I have been for the past two years. So whenever I go into these companies or initial meetings or even interviews with reporters, it's Oh, so tell us about millennials. I'm like, no, 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 no. You think we're millennials, we're Gen Z. So they assume all young people are Gen Z. And then it's like, okay, Connor, so what's the biggest difference between millennials and Gen Z? I really think it's this attention thing. Everyone's like, Connor, 
the six to eight second attention filter uh, is is all these young people. They have no attention when they're scrolling through content on social. I'm like, no, 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 because we live in a world with so much access to information and technology. And we see over 250,000 ads every three months. We've developed a really good BS meter for how quickly we can view content. So what I say is that six to eight second attention span is really just a BS meter and how they're digesting content. Now, where that differentiates from millennials is as millennials got older, they adapted to technology. So like big computer to laptop to iPad to iPod to iPhone. So they, they didn't live in a world where they like since con- since birth, I could FaceTime a friend, order a phone, I mean, order a pizza and talk on the phone all at the same time. Like that's powerful for how that's integrated into my day. Cool. Yeah, it's cool. And then it's the first time that that's ever been able to happen. Like we are the first generation that's ever been considered authority figures on anything, on anything. We're creating culture. Like any, if you look at any trends over the past three years in Give any me a social example, Give me a couple examples. Okay, of so a mannequin challenge. Boom. Like that was real hot for about, I'd say two or three weeks. And four months later, I see big companies doing it. it. Then it just looks fake and inauthentic by the time the big companies are doing it, right? Well, you mentioned something that also is that, you know, sometimes people will see something done by the time it goes through all the red tape. Mm-hmm. It's not even cool anymore. Yeah, exactly. So it's about, the, like like I was saying, my cultural, the cultural insights I have because I'm living it in the marketplace every day is so important because the second that you're late, then you look like you're bullshitting and trying too hard. And that's the biggest turnoff is because a lot of companies do that. Oh, every company does that. There's very, I'd say there's probably five companies that are, that are doing it right. Maybe. But, um, like I was saying, like Gen Z values authenticity and transparency more than anything, because we know if you're freaking lying, we have a phone. That's literally it. So for sure. I mean, my kids quickly, quickly are like, hold on one second. Let me check that out. I'm like, Oh God. Tell me, give me, give me a crystal ball for a minute here, just because I always think greatness and a lot of a lot of real great extraordinary success comes from being able to look ahead, look in the future. I remember again Gary Z first time he was like telling me about Twitter it was going to be unbelievable. Like Twitter is like the new CB. I'm like, what? Yep. But um, what, what's in your what's in your crystal ball? What are we looking for now as we move ahead that we should be yeah. really keeping an eye on? So, I'll tell you what not to freak out about everyone keeps talking about vr i think we're gonna have to wait a generation i think it's 30 years out i mean vr uh vr is in virtual reality okay so like the headsets shit like that so i think you don't think it's happening as quick as everybody said it is no it's gonna be 30 years okay i think it's gonna be 30 years um till that's like integrated and consumer based in our day-to-day life so that's what i say not to pay attention to right now dabble in it get ready for it but don't focus on it i say as far as social media platforms, I really, really like Instagram. I've been saying this for about a year. I like triple down on Instagram. Um, Gary says like marketers ruin everything. I don't. It'll be hard to ruin Instagram. It'll be really hard to ruin You're Instagram. You're a fan. Big fan. I've been saying Snap's gonna die too, and I think it will in the next year. What? I, here's what I do predict, and here's what I know will happen. Instagram is gonna squash, absolutely squash what Snapchat was supposed to be. Now, Evan, in an interview with the Wall Street Journal, who's the founder of Snapchat, said, we're a camera company, not a social media company. So what I expect out of Snapchat is a very big pivot in, in, in their consumer-based app. 
like that. I really expect a big pivot out of Snapchat that might shake that might shake things up in the marketplace. But right now, Instagram. You like um, Facebook still? Is that still got I mean, growth potential, or is what it is? And Facebook's interesting because none of not a lot of my friends are using Facebook as much as anything else. But what I'm seeing is when Gen Z is starting to go to college, so we're starting to like go to school, get into college. Everyone's hopping back on Facebook because that's where you pick your like your people you, who you room with in your dorm. That's how you meet people. So I really I it's attention. So it's attention. It's like Snapchat and Instagram have all of our attention right now. So we're in Facebook at moments in time. There's a big difference. Day to day, Instagram and Snapchat and t- Twitter are, are taking up our time. Facebook is more like every three days kind of yeah. thing. So if you want real touch points on a consumer for young people, play your game there. But Facebook is still the most powerful social media app in the world. I saw this uh, the other day, a stat. 70% of all homes don't have a, a, a main phone line. Which is oh, like, wow. Can you imagine growing up without a, a phone in your house? But, you know, everyone's got cell phones. Um, how, are, how are kids going to, what are we, what are we looking for there as far as, will, will there be TVs in the home? No. I mean, or, oh, no, no. There will be TVs in the home, but cable TV will be dead within the next two years. So two, that's not two, a good to, two, two to four years, actually. Um, not a good direction. Like, are you watching TV? Oh, you my. Are? Hell no. No, no one is. No one is. And like, and so once again, here's the thing. So I'm an anomaly in like my behaviors, right? Cause I'm working all the time, like traveling. Like I would don't even have time to watch TV if I wanted to watch it, but none of my friends are, none of their friends are. When I travel across the country and go to my young friends' houses, they're not watching it either. No one's watching TV. And if they are, it's because they record it and then they're watching it. People are canceling their subscriptions to traditional television and going for Netflix and Hulu. And what's more powerful then that is, I think, a combination of Netflix and YouTube is what's going to end up ruining TV, like cable television. I, funny story, I was walking you, you, in. The quality of TV and no commercials? I mean, oh, well, that's it. No, I don't even think it's that, actually. Don't even think it's a commercial. Okay, what is it? I think it's a content. I think it's a content. My, my, I, funny story, two years ago, when I was first getting into this shit, my, my sister is was 11 at the time. No, take that back. She was 10. She was 10 at the time. And I, I get home from school. Was still in school. I'm like, Lauren, what are you watching on TV? No response. <laughs> she's because she's so focused on TV. I'm like, Lauren, what are you doing? She's like, Ah, oh, I'm watching YouTube. I was like, No, you're watching TV. She's like, No, I'm watching YouTube. It's like, Shit, wait. These TVs are a thing. She just hooked up YouTube to the TV. And I'm so I'm like, Hold on, hold on, hold on. What are you watching? She's like, Oh, I'm watching Jake Paul. I'm like, Oh, so now you're watching influencers, kids. I was just at dinner uh, two nights ago with a family in New Jersey. Who, who I'm pretty close with. One of the kids was nine. The other one was 12. I'm like, hey guys, just want to make sure I'm right on a couple things for, for that, that super young demo. I'm like, so you guys are going home and watching YouTube. They're like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, so let's cut through the noise for a second. You're only watching influencers. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay. So you're watching Jake and Team 10. You're watching Casey Neistat. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, that that's it. That's it. That's all it's going to be. People like this the. Is what, this is what Gary Vee was saying the other day. You know, we were hanging out, and he was like, "Look, the new rock entertainers are influencers the lead, now. Yep. Entrepreneurs or people that are making things happen that kids can relate to are even getting bigger than the sports stars and maybe even the music stars." So here's something that's that, the future. Here's the thing that Gary I don't think has talked about, and that I've been talking about lately is. Um, the difference between celebrity and influencer. 
I'm so if I'm working with a brand, I'm kind of like, unless you're like a Dolce and Cabana or luxury brand, I'm kind of like screw celebrities. They're kind of worthless for brands at this point. And I know, I know, it's okay. it, that's the hard part. Well, actually, okay, keep no, going, no, but I like the thought. No. I mean, I like the concept. Here's what, well, here's what's different about yeah. Steiner Sports. It's athletes. The, so I don't really consider athletes celebrities. It, the, 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 the kind of of a marriage of both. When I'm talking about celebrities, I'm talking about like Kim Kardashian types, you know, who don't really do anything but are in the limelight because they were in like one really good movie. You know what I mean? Like those <laughs> kinds of people. Uh-huh. No one, like, I'm trying to think of a good example. I actually think, um, Leonardo, like, Leonardo DiCaprio, Kim Kardashian, people like that, they're so untouchable and so hard to resonate with. And they're so like, oh my God, that's Leonardo DiCaprio that you can't really relate to even their lifestyle any of the choices that they make so they're so untouchable and you can't resonate with anything they're doing whereas influencers you know they were you at one point they were showcasing their entire lives they you're they're very easy to resonate with and here's the thing about influencers too it's like they at one point they were broke when they were first starting out so it's like their content has to be so good when they have no money and no resources to build an audience off of that. You can't do that if you're a celebrity. Is that, so that's where the trend is. I, I can see that happening. I mean, people have a ger- genuine interest in people that have created something and have done yes. something. That's right? why entrepreneurship is so cool now. It's because yeah. everyone wants to be a part of this this movement, this creator's movement, this innovation. This is what everyone – Samsung just did a great ad with Casey Neistat about what it means to be a creator. It's so powerful. Definitely, if you haven't seen it yet – Definitely check it out. Love it's that. So cool. Love that. Is there something, you know, getting back to the cool thing for a minute, that, that's just so insightful about the influencer versus celebrity, but is there something, if you were to go send out a package to some of the top CEOs around the country <laughs> about understanding, you know, younger people, whether Generation mm-hmm. X or even millennials, what's in the package? Um, A big no sign <laughs> and a big TV sign. A big no TV because everyone... Like it amazes me that CMOs People still think TV works. No, it does not work. It does not work. It does not work at all. I like it amazes me that they still believe in that. So that would be in the package. I'd I'd put a big Instagram thing and I'd put a big influencer something in that package as well. So get influencers involved oh my God. in your company. Is it's that what some you're capacity. Influencers influencer marketing is gonna be the only kind of marketing that will work. In the next five years. So if you had a, if you had a jewelry, you need to get that jewelry on an influencer or of eating. Course. You had a food product, you need an influencer, right? Yeah, it's about because. So who are the top influencers? I gotta ask you who in your mind. Who yeah, are some of them. So obviously Casey Neistat. Like, but and then here's the thing too. So a lot of people get influencer marketing wrong, even if they decide to do influencer marketing. So if I was a brand, I would not work with Casey Neistat, even though he's a top influencer. Why? Because you don't want to work with influencers who are already at the top, right? Because then they're kind of capped out, right? And it may not feel authentic. Yeah. You're only using them because they're on the top. Yeah, and they already have their audience. So what you want to do is get influencer influencers involved who you can grow with them. So like as they, so like someone who has 40,000 followers who you really believe in, who they're going to get to three mil in the next like two years or maybe even year. You latch onto them now and work with them as they're growing your audience. So as they're growing their fan base and already have their trust with them, you're just aligned with that mission. How many? What, what is considered an influencer based on your Instagram? It's it's totally subjective. Yeah. 
So I know people who have 40,000 followers and get 140 likes on their Instagram pictures because they bought all of their followers. So you really need to do your due diligence. I, I think an influencer is someone who's really built a tribe and community that supports them and, and is really interested in whether it's their life or what they have to say. And that can mean a lot of different things for a lot of different industries. Um, that can mean anything from like someone like PewDiePie to someone like Jake Paul. I could talk to you all day, man. Closing thoughts. First of all, 17. I mean, wow. I mean, I mean, we, we need, we need to, we need to get you back in school, but maybe teaching, but <laughs> that's oh, the man. best way to go. Like, I'm like, I, I struggled in college, but it's like, you know, I go back now and I teach. It's a teaching is the best me. way to learn. It's a better fit for me. Yeah. yeah there's no question. The world is your classroom. Everyone's a teacher. What does Harvey say about the biggest room in the world? Room for improvement. Exactly. Closing thoughts. How do people get a hold of you? And, uh, I want you to give me your favorite book that you would want to recommend for them as well. Okay, so um, people, you can reach me at www.connorblakely.com, B-L-A-K-L-E-Y, or at Twitter, uh, at Blakely Connor. Um, the, the best book I've ever read for me personally was Ego is the Enemy by Ryan Holiday, but I really think that people shouldn't read primarily business books. I, I'm a big believer in read fiction, expand your creativity in your mind, and really like get a hold of storytelling. So I recommend The Rainmaker by John Gresham. Um, that's like the best fiction book I, that I've read in a very long time. So, by the way, Ryan Holiday, Obstacle is the Way, phenomenal. Oh, book. great! Yeah, all I the mean, athletes. If are you go to Ryan too. Holiday, he he sends you his book recommendations every month, which are all over the place. Robert Greene, Forty Eight Laws of Power. That's a huge yeah. recommendation of his as well. So some good stuff. Yeah, hey, it's a sure. pleasure, my friend. I, I'm really glad you came and hung hey. out with us at Steiner. Thank you so much. I, I feel a little younger today. You know, being around you, I feel <laughs> not a, a day over twenty five. I feel no. a little thoughtful. You know, you know. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thanks, everybody.